Good morning or evening or afternoon or whenever it is for you. It's kind of, it's 11.07 on my computer right now. So I guess it's about noon. So happy noon, I guess, I think you would say. So today's episode is a, a really cool offering. It's with Trevor Allen, who is a multi-talented entrepreneur. He runs the Breathe Massage Studio, which is actually in the same building as the offices of the Well Church, so some of y'all might know it. He also runs the Downtown Abilene Walking Tour, where he has he does a like a walking tour featuring local businesses as well as history of that downtown area, you know, everything from the railroads to some of the breweries I'm sure he talks about. But this downtown walking tour, he plays a character called Gus McDusty. And we talk about his inspiration for this walking tour, which is actually becoming quite popular. I was just looking at a an article done on him in one of the local newspapers or news outlets online. And uh, we talk about his inspiration for that. He had a, a cross-country bicycle trip to Bend, Oregon from Abilene, where he encountered bears, he swam on the West Coast, he avoided snowstorms, again, all on a bicycle, which is pretty amazing. And we go into detail about that. This one was almost about two hours, which was a really, it was a lot of fun. We just sat in the Breathe Massage Studio, which as you would you would assume is an extremely peaceful place. We just sat there drinking some water and hanging out, and he's a Trevor is a, a really great guy. He's a really ser- service-oriented guy. He also, well, this is interesting, kind of proof of his character. He evolved the Gus McDusty character out of a group called the Ninja Joy Squad, which is, it's kind of a musical group, but it's also a group of guys who spring just gifts on people. So somebody will call one of the guys in the Ninja Joy Squad up and say, hey, my buddy is having a birthday. Uh, you know, he's at the bowling alley right now. We're bowling with him. Could you just like swing by and here's a poem to read? They'll write the poem out on a big parchment scroll, right? They'll dress up as superheroes, show up at wherever, you know, your buddy is, read them this giant poem for their birthday, dresses like a superhero. So anyway, this is just proof of, of who Trevor is. So hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned till the end. Enjoy. Smell the singed jeans. Um, oh my god! No, <laughs> that's, a, that's such a cowboy thing. It's like <laughs> some kind of like, kind of smells like vegetables a little bit. Bro, I I so sorry I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Is it recording? It is, yeah. We're recording right now, if you don't mind. That's already recording? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cut the first part out, but I mean, it's, it's yeah. It's oh, gone. so so you can edit it out? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we do whatever. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, that is probably the biggest water bottle I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, luckily, 
Um, I do a little bit of working out, so it makes it a little bit easier to carry. Mm-hmm. No, um, I do love my water, though. So uh, when I went to massage therapy school, uh, my, my instructor, one, one of my instructors really emphasized the importance of water, <clears throat> not only for the clients before and after the massage, but for the therapists as well. So that, I'm thankful that's one thing that has stuck with me the last 16 years, um, just just the importance of water. So I try to drink plenty of it. Because that's like a gallon. That looks like a, it is. almost a whole gallon yeah. of water. I but I see you carrying a gallon as well. Yeah, I just got it filled up. The They've got a, a place for refills over at, by Rose Park. That's right. The juice place. At Lewis, mm-hmm. but yeah, you just like 65 cents or whatever. And then they've got a place at Natural Grocers too. Yeah, I I love natural grocers, but their water isn't my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I go to that place, the juice place. Yeah. I've been drinking their water for a while. I love their water. Does it taste better? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, man. The did they talk to you all about like water quality and stuff, or just about drinking water in general? As far as in school? Yeah, yeah. No, they didn't get to in depth. I mean, I'm trying to remember. Um, they just encourage room temperature water, you know, of course, purified water. I don't know, like, as far as like alkalinity and Mm -hmm. reverse osmosis and stuff like that. I, we had a, um, what was it? That famous water filter. Um, the Brita or the, no, no, the Berkey. No, it's a really expensive one. Like, really expensive like eight hundred or a thousand dollars um but it's very you get very um ph balance alkalinized water oh it comes out of like the spout yeah uh like that's a whole machine Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i can't remember i was traveling through the carolinas and i was staying with my buddy at their frat house and this the guy who was like like stayed on the bottom floor he had this big machine it wasn't big. It was like about the size of like a computer, like as tall and as wide. And I think that's what it was. It was like mm-hmm. an alkalinity yeah. chemical changer or something like that. I, when I worked at the natural food center, we had one of those, but I didn't really like the water. I mean, I, I, I can't remember how it affected me, but I, something about it I didn't like. So I've just stuck with the store on seventh, the reverse osmosis water. Huh. I've just stuck with that water because because yeah. actually when I went to massage therapy school and I moved back to Abilene from Austin um, to kind of get some experience in massage therapy, the boss that I worked for at the spa, she owned the water store at the time. And so I worked there part time. Was she a, like a 40 something year old lady? Like a, I remember meeting her, I think sometime. I think it's under different ownership now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's actually probably in her late 50s okay. or early 50s she but she be. looks really youthful yeah mm-hmm. that's, I think that's I think yeah. I met her yeah. blonde hair no I think the lady I met was like a Hispanic lady that's that's Marta yeah she, okay. she still owns it mm-hmm. that's cool okay. yeah 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 and so um, but this lady Donna used to uh, own it and I worked there and that's when I wrote rather feverishly like wrote like crazy and so it was a great job just to read and write and then fill people's water up. It was, uh, it was really nice, man. Huh. Yeah. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Wait, what, what were you writing? Um, it was mainly like just journal stuff at the time. 
you know, just surfacing thoughts and digging, getting my shovel out and digging in and stuff. Yeah. After reading different, like, Christian literature and then just, uh, just surfacing thoughts, man, because I'm a verbal processor. But when you process on paper, it's kind of similar, I guess. <clears throat> That's interesting. So what part of your, because you have, like, a whole, like, story arc to your life. That's really interesting. I mean, you did that whole, like, bike tour across America mm-hmm. or whatever, and mm-hmm. that was crazy. You were telling me about that. That was mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I grew up as an Air Force kid and um, got pretty rebellious at a young age, and as, as I grew in age, the rebellion would get more intense, and... Um, Eventually, I got into uh, partying and just a lifestyle that was not good at all with other details that um, I'm not proud of. And um, and then eventually, um, I had a really humbling experience that kind of opened my eyes up to God. And I asked God into my heart. And the process of sanctification began, I guess, when I was about 23 and <clears throat> continues to this day and, and from what I understand will continue until I die. Um, but uh, yeah, I used to I used to party and live very chaotically and recklessly. Um, came to know the Lord, started going to massage school. Once massage school, started exercising a lot, eating healthy, um, working out, um, studying the Lord, working on art, um, but I still struggled with partying a little bit and that was becoming less and less. And uh, the more I studied the Lord and was being transformed by Him, and my desires shifted. And, um, yeah, and eventually let go of all of that. And um, I just focused on kind of growing and healing. <clears throat> I've always loved adventure. Uh, I think I used to seek adventure out in unhealthy ways. And um, so the bike ride, uh, so the conversation can come back to that, um, was a healthy way of of seeking adventure, of seeking risk, um, you know, challenge and stuff like that. So, because um, I can have kind of an extreme nature, <clears throat> and I think that can be okay as long as it's uh, expressed in healthy ways. <clears throat> That's a crazy story, man. Thanks. I didn't want to. I, I can talk a lot, so I wanted to. And my wife is teaching me how to get to the point faster, so. <laughs> Hey, well, the good thing is this is a podcast, <laughs> so, you know, feel free to, I mean, seriously, yeah, go, yeah. yeah. but, <clears throat> as there's a lot of questions there, but, like, what was the, what was that moment of transition? Like, what happened? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, um, well, I, I was into drugs and alcohol, and, um, my life was very chaotic, and um, I, at the time, had a, a, a girlfriend who wanted me to kind of uh, stop living the way I was living. And um, I think somehow God's love was started working on my heart through that. And I just remember uh, sitting upright at a stop sign one day and just breathing deeply and... Um, just realizing my life needed to change. It was like kind of a nudge from God, like um, like his beauty and his goodness was just kind of like 
you you're better than this life is better than this and and so um yeah i um that was a big seed that was planted so well, how old are you now i'm 40 okay so this is this is a long time ago mhm yeah man so what was the what was what was what were you being directed to out of that like that's massage therapy school and stuff like that yeah who all listens to the podcasts oh man on here I haven't checked the stats in a while but there's like a larger group of friends that I have mm-hmm. it's pretty it's smaller right now mm-hmm. but it's kind of growing yeah so yeah um I used to be really open with my story and um I uh, have kind of kept my cards close to the sleeve lately, um, but I'm getting into a phase in life where I feel like I it can help people. Um, so I'm a new creation in Christ, so I'll start it out with that. Um, and for the life that I've lived and the stuff that I've put myself through, in a way I'm blessed to see the distinct contrasts of my character from who I was before Christ and who I am now in Christ um I used to sell and use lots of drugs and alcohol or lots of uh, drugs and use lots of drugs and um uh my doors got kicked in um when I was uh, I think about 20 and uh the task force with guns came in and um I got uh a drug charge and it got worse into my addiction and um, kept selling lots and lots of stuff of drugs and um, was spiraling downward really really fast and then um, just uh, living chaotically recklessly the police following me uh, task force following me around town and um, just not a not a healthy life at all um and so when I was dating that young lady uh, she wanted me to change and that's when the seed was kind of planted and I think I was already coming to the realization that my life I needed to change well I ended up having to do 15 months in incarceration and um, my parents had been praying for me and their church had been praying. So sometimes I feel like I'm a product of answered prayer. And um, so in the incarceration, I had, you know, some people sending me books on Buddhism or Taoism. And it was kind of interesting, but um, it wasn't complete. And so my parents were sending me Christian literature. My dad sent me a Bible uh, King James Study Bible, and that was where I uh, allowed, asked the Lord to come into my life and my heart. That's where I started writing. Um, before I was incarcerated, I got some turntables and started playing with music, and it was one thing that kept me away from unhealthy behavior. And I started writing rhymes influenced by conscious positive hip hop. Um, and uh, so when I was incarcerated, I started reading a ton because before, like in high school, I didn't care about education. I started reading a ton, writing a ton, and exercising, and growing closer to the Lord, and growing as a spiritual man, a spiritual being. And um, 
I had a lot of people supporting me. My parents were showing me the unconditional love of Christ, of Jesus, and um, that was uh, helping transform me. And so um, I got out, and um, soon after, uh, my mom suggested massage therapy school. Um, my sister had got me a massage when I was 18 for my birthday, and that planted the seed of the holistic way of living. Um, during the chaotic days before incarceration, um, I was living very stressfully, unhealthily, um, to say the very least. Well, I would take very hot baths and put essential oils that my girlfriend's mom made in the bath, listen to classical music, massage myself, including my toes, and um, was blown away by how much it helped me. And I later learned in reflexology, the toes are, are connected to the head and face and sinuses, and it made sense for the life I was living, why it felt so good. That watered the seed. Then my mom suggested massage school. She's a nurse. She loves to help people. That has rubbed off on me. And, um, and, so, and the money sounded nice as well. And so I moved to Austin. And uh, was, I used to go to Austin to party, but now I was going up, attracted to Austin because of its nature. It's clear water, it's hills, it's, Beautiful. Tr it's trees, yeah. and they're healthy ways of living. They're very health conscious. And so going to massage school, I uh, was introduced to water, the importance of water. I was introduced to um, healthy eating, and massage school was a blessing for me. Living in Austin was a blessing for me. Um, uh, you know, I continued exercising. I continued pursuing Jesus. Um, I was able to get a massage uh, license and help people, and um, I was still struggling with partying a little bit, not anything like before incarceration, And um, but as I said earlier, the process of sanctification um, had begun when I allowed the Lord into my heart, and so my desires started shifting and changing, and whenever I would slip up and make bad choices, the Lord would kind of convict me and let me know that's not who he was making me to be and sometimes I would be really sad the next day or whatever and <clears throat> so um, I guess that answers your question yeah 100% mm -hmm. and um, and so yeah uh, I, before I continue rambling um, <laughs> has that sprouted any other questions yeah yeah I mean what do, what do people usually do like how do they relate? How do they react when you talk about your life? Um, as I said, I I I I've been kind of keeping it like under wraps lately. For a while, I was pretty open when I moved back to Abilene nine years ago and was going to a church for my first time as an adult. Because before that, I was kind of reading the word on my own and studying and praying. Um, but the church I went to was pretty open. They had AA, and that's a very open room of uh, just rawness and encouragement. And so um, I think people are pretty surprised um, because they see the new me. They you're very, very chill. Like, you're very chill. Thanks, man. So it's it's great. Like, you're a very chill human being. So Thank it's, you. Yeah. I hear that a lot, and... And I guess I see it sometimes. Um, when I get in creative mode, I think I'm like more all over the place. But I can see that too, because like you'll be in the cowboy thing, and there'll be these little like 
yippies kind of like exclamations. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, but I think I think people are really surprised, um, be, and I'm honestly surprised because I forget like man's records are different than God's records. Um, my old self is different than my new self, and so um, I think people are really taken back. Like, whoa, really? And um, but I have to give God the glory, man. That's the power of His redeeming nature. I think of the thief on the cross sometimes, um, the one that said, hey, um, Jesus, after he probably made fun of Jesus with the other guy on the cross, um, he was like, whoa, you are Messiah. Please forgive me. I love you and trust you, stuff like that. And Jesus was like, hey, you're going to come with me to paradise, man. Um, sometimes that brings me a lot of comfort because, you know, the life that I've lived, but the redeeming qualities of the Lord if I want to share my story at the right time in the right place because I want people that are going through or have been through similar things to know that there's hope. I don't want that to sound cliche. Like, for real, there is hope. Like, you can become a whole new person, a whole new creation. So, Dude, there's guys that I know who are my age who have kind of, like, been transitioning out of the same boat. Mm-hmm. So it's super needed, like, like really, really needed. That's yeah. actually something in the last few days that's been really, like, kind of with me that I've been kind of digesting is, you know, people that I knew, that I know, that I grew up with, mm-hmm. that I really care about, you know, it comes out that they've been living this whole other life, man, mm-hmm. with, like, drugs and drinking mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff, and they're, like, at the end of their rope kind of mm-hmm. a thing, and they're trying to figure out how to get to those next steps. It's hard, man, as, as somebody who cares about yeah. Like people that I know who are mm-hmm. trying to get like lift themselves out of that. It's really hard. It is. It it took me. Um, <clears throat> it took me a lot of a lot of time and a lot of a lot of attempts. You know, um, because like like I said, man, the process of sanctification took a long time, and I was studying the Lord, and I was becoming more like the Lord. And carrying his love and joy in everyday life, and and I, it was authentic and it was real. But sometimes um, I would go have some drinks and then slip up and make poor choices, and it would devastate me the next day. Um, not I don't maybe sometime in a condemning way, but sometimes more in a convicting way. But so I feel for people because I know because they say alcohol is cunning and baffling, and so. When people say they authentically want to change, I believe them, um, but it's hard to get out of. It's like a web, like getting caught in like a spider web. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm very, very thankful um, to have gotten out of that world. <clears throat> it's hard, man. Yeah. Yeah. Not as a guy who's been in it, but as a guy who knows a lot of people, cares mm-hmm. about a lot of people. Yeah. And man, it's prevalent too. Like, it's, like people mm-hmm. don't think... And yep. it's freaky because I come from church communities that didn't ever talk about this stuff yeah. and never had an open thing, like no AA connections or anything. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because my granddad, like grandparents on both sides of my family, like very much like transitioned into AA, like, mm-hmm. you know, all like addictive behavior and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's hard, man. But it's, it's I mean, the it's, it's interesting because like, a lot of the people that I know in my family 
like previous generation or two generations previous, you know, the or, or previous generation, or friends of mine. It's interesting because it's almost like the spiritual people get really wrecked in mm. the world and then have to figure it out mm. and become who they actually are. Mm-hmm. Like that's the pattern that I see. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That's that's a great point. Because um, sometimes I'm really hard on myself, but I realize like even when I was living uh, not so great, there was still light inside me, and. But I think like what led me and I don't want to have excuses because I chose to make poor choices. But I think some of what led me down that path was um, like low self-esteem. It was fear. I have a sensitive spirit. And so maybe um, just different fears or some of what life throws at you. Um, but I was also wild. I can't lie. I was also wild and curious and rebellious too. But as far as the root of that, I think I'm learning has been fear. Um, and, and so I, I guess I could have, um, avoided a lot of heartache and stuff by confronting that and being just, uh, more comfortable as a child of God that I am. And so, again, I don't want to blame the enemy. I don't want to blame this or that because, you know, I made, you know, certain choices. Um, But part of recovery is going back, is the adult version of you going back to the child and knowing, hey, that was a lie, that was, you know, blah, 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 and also forgiving yourself. But, yeah, I can see how, you know, spiritual and sensitive people kind of get diverted um, from their path. And have to kind of figure it out uh, a more challenging way, maybe. It seems like the increased awareness of a spirit almost makes you want to, like, almost like block out a certain amount of stimulus or something like that. You know. What do you What do you mean? Or numb pain or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot to deal with mm-hmm. in the world that's extremely difficult, mm-hmm. especially if you're highly perceptive mm. as like a young person. Yeah me a lot to carry mm, that's a that's a really good point yeah mm-hmm. that's just speaking from my experience with friends and stuff like mm-hmm. that it's a lot yeah. of those guys who are you know really pure dudes really pure people mm-hmm. you know and then you get hit with like the mess of what the world is mm-hmm. and it's intense weight it's a lot to carry yeah, yeah. I think also um, acceptance was big for me um like I, I, I strived, if that's correct, uh, to be accepted. And I did some pretty you know, extreme measures to be accepted in junior high and uh, eventually in high school. Um, and, and as an adult, I've still struggled with acceptance, but I'm coming to, to realize, you know, what the... The, the sphere of acceptance that matters is between you and God, like that connection of, wow, I'm a child of God. Uh, he has made me unique. He's made everybody different. And that is um, the utmost acceptance. Like that's where acceptance matters is what God thinks. 
And so that's been really comforting and allow me to be just who I am. Um, but I mean, if I'm honest, sometimes I still struggle with caring, overly caring what people think. And that's why conversations like these are helpful because when you're like laying your cards down and kind of just letting people know, you know what, dude, I still struggle sometimes with overly caring what people think. Yeah. Then that helps you grow to not do that so much because yeah. it's just me being vulnerable and honest and it's like kind of like putting it down on the altar, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm tripping out about, so like my job is like a holistic coach guy you know so I came out of this whole mess of like illness and you know food addiction and stuff like that that runs in my family and all this kind of crazy stuff and you know ended up in the holistic world but as somebody who's been in it for like 16 years I mean you're talking about what drove you there but like what what's the like what's kept you in this world for like 16 years um <clears throat> Because massage is also a very physical, like, it's like a, like, I think you were talking about, it's, it's like a very, uh, it's an intense job. It is. And, and I'm not even as submerged as a lot of people in the holistic world. I'm not as submerged as I used to be. I'm not as conscious uh, of it as I used to be. Conversations with you help, um, as like at the farm the other day. I used to work at the Natural Food Center, and I had a buddy similar to you, and, and, I mean, I used to want to, like, study the different plants, or, or study different vegetables and fruits, because I love, love, love my fruits and vegetables, and I love my smoothies, uh, all preferably organic fruit, if I'm going to be eating the flesh of it, yeah. and, um, but, let me, let me... Let me let me put a lasso on my ADD real quick and wrangle it back in. <laughs> well, we could take a water break real quick too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cheers, yeah. man. All right. Let me fill my cup. This big old glass gallon jug. It's ridiculous. It's the firehouse. <laughs> Dude, you look like the. You look like somebody has just stepped off the range. <laughs> like chugging like half a gallon of water. Like, damn, damn dang. Yeah, that's how I drink it, man. Yeah. Um, that was like the Heisman pose of water drinking. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, man, <clears throat> that question, though. Are we are we continuing on, or was was that our water break? Because I usually... Oh, I dude, it's whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty um, <clears throat> Massage therapy... Like I was saying at the farm, it slows me down. Like when I, I know when I have to come give a massage, I have to slow down and um, breathe properly, maybe stretch a little bit, uh, pray silently, listen to some relaxing music. And so <clears throat> that aspect is one detail of me in the holistic world. Um, and then helping people relax, but also... I guess, and I'm thinking out loud as I'm a verbal processor, um, what else keeps me in the holistic world? Um, not a huge fan of chemicals, even though I've got the hand sanitizer that has chemicals in it over there. I'm ashamed of that. but um, Such a but, huge sin. Yeah, so I'm not huge on chemicals. Uh, so that attracts me to stay in the holistic world. Um, exercising, 
is good for the mind, body, and spirit. Uh, I think that's holistic. I had some clients in here the other day that suffer from joint pain, and to be able to, um, well, gosh, man, they it's a friend's parents who missed their trip to Alaska, so they were devastated. They came to Abilene to hang out with their daughter and uh, son-in-law, and so the daughter asked me if I could get them in for massages to love on them because they were sad. And I was like, I would love to. And uh, so got to give them both really good massages, but the husband had joint pain. And um, me, um, I'm a jogger, and so I, I try to take my glucosamine chondroitin and stuff. And so just to be able to suggest some glucosamine chondroitin, MSM, and maybe some turmeric for the anti-inflammatory purposes. Good stuff. I love and, and so just, yeah. to, just to be able to offer... And that's love right there, to be able to offer somebody um, something that I believe is good for them. And then with my limited knowledge, um, like encourage them, if they're a coffee drinker, to not take it with coffee because it can inhibit the absorption. And to maybe even take it at night with some uh, orange juice that could help absorb the, the uh, nutrients and stuff. Um, and so it's stuff like that that really got me kind of excited because again that's like love um it's the natural side of things i love the natural i lived partying unnaturally for you know plenty of time <clears throat> and so i've just developed an appreciation for the natural side of things like god's natural pharmacy with with uh fruits and vegetables and herbs and um so to try to live as natural and healthy it's um I'm very thankful to have been introduced into holistic ways of living. Um, I owe it to myself. I owe it to God, not in like a guilty way, but just like, you know, because I lived wrong for so long. And now to, I mean, not for so, so long, but but now to be able to um, live more healthy is nice. And if I can share that with others, that's nice too. I would have learned more... Um, about food because um, I'm big about like fruits and vegetables and stuff and how it's good for different organs or blah 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 but honestly brother I got distracted man like moving back to Abilene and then getting involved in so much in this town ministerially and creatively I got distracted and um, and so I'm still just kind of uh, involved in a lot and it, it kind of I wish I had more time to do all the things I'm interested in that was a lot man Dude, you're good. That's good, man. This this is like this is the long form format. Okay. So it's like there's some podcasts like you ever listen to Joe Rogan or something like that? Mm -mm. Okay. I think I bring him up in every episode, but his stuff will go on for like four hours. Oh wow, it's a okay. lot. Yeah. So people drive around on road trips and listen to these. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. you just, yeah. This has actually been the more so far. This has been like the more formal interview style podcast. Oh, okay. The ones previous have been like more like a repartee. It's, it's good, man. What's, what's repartee? Like the, the, that may be the right word for it, but like just the, the quick back and forth about stuff, you know, okay. any, anything from music or whatever, but this is awesome, man. But yeah, I, um, I was looking at your book collection over there and it's really cool. Like reflexology and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, so reflexology is the stuff you're talking about where you talk about the toes connected to the head and all this kind of mm -hmm. jazz. Yeah, I, I took a course in reflexology in Austin 
Um, but I never really applied it. And I think uh, one of the major reasons is because I heard and I've kind of experienced that there are a couple different reflexology charts and I don't know which one to trust. Sure. And so I was like, mm, I don't I don't know what to do. And yeah. so I can't I think that kind of subconsciously discouraged me um, from like really applying it. However, um, am I am I rambling when I no, dude, you're, okay. you're fine. You're, you're totally Cause fine. Because, I, I, again, I think out loud, but whenever I do a two-hour massage, when the client turns over to sit supine face up, I will incorporate some reflexology. Um, now, I can't tell you necessarily which point connects with which organ, but I do know that when I do incorporate reflexology in the massage, a lot of times the people straight up pass out. <laughs> And and um, and it's wonderful. Just and like it's, knock people out by grabbing their pinky toes. Well, I just man, because you're supposed to like kind of okay. So picture the person being face down for like an hour at least. Because remember, this is a two hour massage I'm talking about. So they're already relaxed. You get them flipped over, and then you're supposed to like kind of with both hands cup their right foot, and then maybe even say a prayer and just <coughs> um, just show it some love. And then you slowly start at the tip of the big toe and hold it for about eight seconds. And then you move to each uh, toe tip. And then you move down just a little bit on each toe. And then you do that like several times on the toes and then down the whole foot. It's a very slow, subtle treatment. And for some reason, and, and I don't want to be dramatic here, but it seems like when I transfer from the right over to the other foot, that's when they're like, I, I catch them like with a snore or something. So I don't know what happens with that transition to meridians, but, or I don't even know if that's the correct term, but it's just been an interesting observance. That peaceful yeah. cowboy touch. That cowboy touch, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, a little dust from the earth, you know? Yeah. But, Wait, your, your name is Dusty McGusty, right? Uh, <laughs> Is that your... <laughs> it's a, well, it's actually Gus McDusty there, partner, but uh, some folks get it a little backwards sometimes. God, okay. I was going to ask you like 50 other questions about about massage, but I think we'll just get started into the cowboy thing. I all right. Let's do it. Man, you're... So what do you... What do you okay, we got to come back like all the way because I got like 30 questions to ask you about all right. health stuff or whatever. But, all right. So what... So you're a cowboy poet... I sure am. You have a... Dude, it's good. Like, it's really good. For people listening, I'm going to have photos up on my Instagram of this guy. He's got chaps. He's got, like, a... You've got, like, a cap gun? Oh, my God, man. Well, to help you kind of explain the outfit a little bit here, so I got this holster, and you know Mr. Declan Casey, Farmer Josh's son. Uh, yeah. This was provided by him a couple years ago when I when I originally did my first cowboy poet routine, which is actually Farmer Josh's idea. We can get back to that because that's kind of the oh, cool. origin yeah. origins of this here character. Right. But, I feel uh, like I need an accent now. Well, let, come on now, bring it. Oh man, I'm gonna try. Yeah, come that's on, let's get it. Yeah, kinda, yeah, when you put me, you're you're able to like switch into character like off and on. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, how to do it? Did you say how to do it? How to do it? Yeah. 
Was, was it like a show or something? Like that? I think Howdy Doody. I think he was like a puppet or character or cartoon <laughs> or something called Howdy Doody. You might want to have an image of him on this here podcast. I know, yeah, too. if this was like a YouTube one, I'd throw an image of nice. Howdy Doody right now. Yeah, I think you should. Not, yeah. All right. And so the chaps here, and I actually learned they're called leggings. Um, these are from, a, a, I want to say, an antique store, maybe in Denton or Dallas. These are real. These are the real deal. And I actually had a local gentleman. <clears throat> he owns a, a, a cowboy hat store, and it was a very humbling experience going in there because I'm not a real cowboy. And I felt like I was walking on pins and needles and eggshells in there because I felt like he's going to call me out on it. But uh, I let him know that I'm not a real cowboy, but I let him know what could possibly qualify me to, to have the courage to dress up such. And what, what was it? What was your qualifying factor? I told him that I did ride a bicycle from Abilene to <laughs> Oregon, and, uh, and I camped out on the side of the road, and I crossed paths with a bear. And, okay. and later I mentioned, I, I remembered, I did not mention, that I actually uh, had plenty of run-ins with dogs that were mighty scary. So you right? said that. Where yeah. I had to get off my bike and just roar, go, yeah. and yeah. turn into a Viking real quick, and luckily they stopped because it was scary. But no, <laughs> I, 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 I told them that um, what qualified me, I felt like if it did, was riding a bicycle to Oregon and camping out in riverbeds or wherever I could. Although I did stay in cheap hotels sometimes, youth hostels or etc. But yeah, crossing paths with a bear in New Mexico. Granted, it was down the road quite a ways. Um, I mean, this sounds ridiculous, but I was willing to fight it if I had to for my life. Pulled out my knife. Um, I, it probably would have destroyed me. But I one mean, of the bears. Mm-hmm. How big were they? It was it was a black bear. It was like crossing the road, and a guy was going the opposite direction in a truck, and he's like, "I just want to let you know there's a bear down the way," and I thought he was messing with me, and so I see this black bear crossing the road, and I mean, it didn't look huge. And trust anybody listening, I am not trying to be arrogant. I don't want to fight a bear. And it's not like I thought I could have won. I was just doing what I could with what I had. And um, and so I crossed to the other side of the road after I let the bear, you know, and keep in mind, it's probably 40 yards ahead of me. I let it kind of go off into the brush and disappear. And so I very gingerly, slowly, with my knife out, um, uh, rode my bicycle because um, what else am I supposed to do? Um, I guess I could have waited a long time, but I wanted to get going. And so if I had to, I would have fought the bear. I'm glad I didn't have to because that would have been um, probably the end of my life. Um, but I was willing to at least try, you know. Well, it would have been good if you had invited the bear on the podcast to talk about that experience. Yeah, well, would have been good. Forrest and I do have some bear costumes, so I could have had somebody like pose as a bear. That would have been, dude. Yeah. Forrest would have walked in right now with a bear costume. That would have been very special. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been very funny. <laughs> very funny. Yeah. yeah. So, but again, any folks listening, don't think I'm some arrogant jerk because I know the bear would have probably mauled me. Um, but anyway, um, so that's what I felt like made me feel tough enough. I mean, not the bear incident, but riding a bicycle to Oregon itself made me feel tough enough to actually dress up like a cowboy. Uh, that may sound ridiculous, but it makes me feel good. So, But yeah, he, he trimmed off the bottom of these chaps, a.k.a. leggings, um, to um, make them the right size because he said apparently they, they belong to a really tall tall gentleman because they were probably like this much longer and I was dragging them all over the place and he's like that's not how you wear them boy 
And so the boots I bought in Austin probably 10 years ago just because I was in a funky stage. And so I would wear boots with some other funky gear. That's tight. Thanks, man. Yeah. And uh, I actually wrapped in these boots a little bit. but No kidding. Um, uh, just that was kind of my style, just wearing some of these with some dress pants and a toboggan and stuff. But Austin, you can kind of get away with some wild flavor. But it's a toboggan like the the, the, the hat. Thing. No, just, oh, the just my mom makes uh, crocheted beanies. Oh, tight. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, man, so the belt is just a leather belt that I got in Colorado. The white shirt was actually my dad's button up the vest. My mom made, she's quite a seamstress. So she made this, um, the bandana I got at Walmart. I hate to admit that, but, um, and the hat was actually Forrest's. So that Forrest, uh, said that he would, uh, cause I had borrowed the hat and he said I could hold on to it and have it as a, a gift slash investment into the walking tour. Well, at least Forrest makes an appearance on the podcast through the hat. Forrest does, yeah. yeah. I need to have him in. I really want. He's kind of like the 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 with the carpenter and the long hair and everything. He's kind of the Jesus of Abilene. He is, man. Yeah, yeah, I need to have him on the podcast. Yeah, you should. His woodworking stuff is incredible. Online. It is. He's the one that inspired, he's the one that let me use all the wood for these uh, shelves, and he kind of guided me through making this, and then I made these shelves inspired by his work, and and he let me have some uh, fence wood. So he's he's definitely a dear brother, um, and he does... uh, They look great. Thanks, man. Is that St. Francis over there, the statue? That's Jesus, with the lamb on his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, but I do have a great respect for St. Francis of Assisi for sure. He's an interesting guy. Yeah. 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 I love his uh, love for animals. Um, I think he would even preach to like birds and stuff. Yeah. And um, I love how he lived on the outskirts of town to get his cup filled again, and then he would go back in town to to empty his cup, if you will. You know, like, I didn't know that. Yeah, he would stay in, like his monasteries, I think, would be on the outskirts of towns so that they could have their solitude, peace, and get filled up with the Lord and then go back into town to share that love and then go wow. back out and get filled up. And then I really respect that. <clears throat> That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice, man. There was a quote I heard. It's going to kill me. I forgot. It's going to kill you. Don't say it. It's gonna, don't this quote is a killer. It's a killer quote. <laughs> I think it, uh, somebody, oh man, that's going to get me if I don't remember it, but it, it was a guy he was talking about, it was like a, like a spiritual lecture or whatever. It may have been Llewellyn Von Lee that I was listening to, who's a Sufi mystic and I really dig his stuff, but he was talking about, um, I think it was him. He was talking about like the process of finding God mm-hmm. or something like that. And he, he, he cited St. Francis and they would ask St. Francis, um, and I hope I don't butcher this quote, they would ask him, you know, how, like, how do you, something like, how do you know God, or how do you get mm-hmm. to find God, or something like that, or how do you experience God, or whatever, or like, I'm looking for God, like, mm-hmm. how do you get, how do you see God? And St. Francis would say, I'm pretty sure he would say, what you're looking for is looking at you. Mm. And people would just be like, wow, mm. that whole experience of searching out God and trying to find God and the whole time like the experience of life itself is staring you right in the face mm. yeah I'd have to I'd have to sit and th- think on that one that's pretty deep man yeah mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I, one of my, and again, I don't want to butcher it either, but one of my favorite quotes from St. Francis or thoughts from him is um, preach the gospel always, but only use words when are necessary. I've heard that one. Mm-hmm. And I need to be reminded of that more just to, uh, yeah. I think words definitely have their place. I mean, that's how we're communicating right now. Um, and to represent the Lord with words is very good. But I also think like actions, behavior and character um, speak very, very, very much as well. And so I sometimes I want to claim Christ less and live Christ more. But again, audience, if you're listening to that, don't please don't hear me wrong because there's a time and place to claim Christ. But I think it's uh, very valuable to live Christ. Um, I think it's good for people to know uh, who you represent. So that's where words come in with actions. I'm repeating myself and just saying it in different ways. So that's my cue to stop. <laughs> and you're good. Thanks, man. But so what? What do you? Because there's a lot of people who listen to this who've never been to church who don't know anything about, sure, you know, the kind of the lingo, mm-hmm. you know. So what are you talking about when you're talking about claiming Christ? What does that mean? Um, I fill up my water. Yeah, um, claiming Christ, like I guess letting people know that like He's your Savior, um, that He's the way, the truth, and the life, and and that he gets the glory for, for instance, for my story, um, for kind of rescuing me and showing me his ways. So claiming how good he is, man. Um, uh, Claiming him as Messiah. And because I know that that can offend people, I know that people can shut the door of their heart to their mind right then and there when they hear that. And I get it. and so, um, so I think I don't, I don't want to like offend people. Cause if I'm sitting here mentioning Christ, Christ, Jesus, Jesus, some people, it might, they might start tuning me out right then at the same time. I don't want to compromise, uh, uh, who my savior is. Well, but that's also real though. I mean, if we were to sit down here and be like, all right, talk about the cowboy poet thing, talk about your massage practice, mm-hmm. talk about holistic health. Yeah. And we were to completely ignore like the massive part of the iceberg that actually composes, you know, the small point that we see above water, mm-hmm. it would be dishonest. Yeah. So there's that's no good. total respect what you're talking about. <clears throat> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that. And like, I was thinking the other day, like I was talking, I, I was either, it was, it was, I was about to have a conversation with a non-believer or, um, uh, or I just did or something. I don't remember. And, and it was like, I don't want to be offensive, but I don't want to deny who I am either. And so, cause if you talk with me, if you, if we're going to conversate, chances are the Lord's going to come up, not in a forced way, but in an organic way. Cause that's a huge part of who I am. And so it's not me trying to force anything. It's not me trying to convert. It's not me trying to do any of that. It's just me sharing a humongous part of my life. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's also the, 
Because I was in kind of the Abilene scene with mm-hmm. churches and stuff for a while. Sure. And there is very much like a, like kind of like a way that people talk that's different. And it's like a, almost like a demarking kind of like, like there's the church, they're like, there's very obviously the church people and then here's very obviously the people who are not mm-hmm. that. And that was something I thought about for a long time. It was like, because I was also in like punk music in this town mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah. and playing in bands and doing all that kind of jazz. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of in the Christian metalcore band, but we kind of like, we're just like everybody else. Like we're just hanging out and mm-hmm. just talking yeah. smack and, you know, having fun, you know. But there was like a different quality that we lived, yeah. you know, that was different. I don't know. I'm just thinking about because Abilene is such an interesting Mm-hmm. microcosm of church culture and alternative art and it's like a really interesting place man yeah. it's very interesting yeah so the conversations that you get into and the styles of speaking are very interesting yeah. you know yeah that's good yeah one thing i like about abilene is it's with its mid-size um it's easy to network like yeah i mean it's one big circle but uh, there's a lot of small circles that make it one big circle and a lot of the circles overlap. So it's great to be able to um, network spiritually, creatively, um, in just different ways and kind of cross-pollinate. So that's one thing I I appreciate about it. But I get what you're saying about the different um, verbiage and and stuff like that, you know, because I... I guess even from the life that I come from uh, into the life I'm living now, and then it I can see some differences, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is not a slight to you at all. Or What's that? that? It's not a slight to you at all or any of the church yeah, culture. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's just interesting to see like the almost the the um, anthropological differences, you know, that you would, you know, like like the. Let me Google what that means real quick. No, no, no. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> just like the human studies, you know, the whole thing, like like seeing the the general topography of it. It's just fascinating, yeah. you know, because it is like a, it's a very deep, like it's a richer culture. I find when you have like there, there's kind of like this condescending language almost in more mainstream culture. That's like when you have faith culture, it's mm-hmm. such a nice, you know, little thing to tack onto a town, but really does like having a wide church network of people who are actually actively involved in mm-hmm. their communities yeah. makes for a very deep it amplifies the arts it amplifies mm-hmm. the um, different aspects of the universities it amplifies the maintenance of the city mm-hmm. like it makes people actually nice you know or yeah. nicer and yeah. more interesting I think yeah I think some good things are happening you know um, I think some, I don't, I don't want to go chase rabbits again um, but you, you do you, man. Yeah, I, I, I mean, because one thing that comes to mind is, like, um, I just got invited on to a new nonprofit, um, the Board of Directors, and their goal is to um, learn how to, um, well, build relationships with homeless folks um, or home-challenged, home-vulnerable people, if you will, and get them work. And so instead of just enabling them to continue living their cycles of poverty, um, teach them uh, or get them a job. And then um, if, if they show um, like interest, consistency, hard work, um, get them into the career center to get them 
uh, an actual job because at first it's just going to be four hours um, twice a week, so only eight hours. Um, but the ones that you know show initiative, get them into the career center and and just teach them good things, and so and they're going to be partnering with the city. Um, like even with the walking tour, I want to be able to put homeless folks to work yeah. cleaning up sidewalks in the city to give them dignity. Um, instead of yeah. just saying, hey, here's a $10 gift card to a, a local downtown eatery, you know, um, you know, because that just kind of enables and allows them to continue that cycle. I guess it goes back to the book uh, Toxic Charity, which I don't know a ton about. Never heard of it. It's, it's a really good book. Um, my wife, like, loves it. Farmer Josh read it. Um, and so if I haven't read it, how can I say it's a good book? I trust their opinion. Yeah. Um, but it's about, you know... Um, learning how to help people help themselves instead of just having handouts and remaining poverty stricken. So I, I have to say, like when I, when I go back to the topic of like claiming, um, Jesus, um, for any Christians out there listening, I was not talking about denying the Lord whatsoever at all. Um, but I, I was, I guess, figuring out the way to not beat someone's head with it and force it or for it to come out unnaturally um i guess as a verbally process i'm thankful that if i do talk to somebody for an, over five minutes the chances are the lord i think will organically come up in conversation because he's a huge part of my life but i guess sometimes i'm sensitive because i don't want to turn people away from the lord by pushing it on them um, and so that's what I meant. I have no problem with claiming uh, Jesus as my Savior. Um, so I just wanted to make that clear. So what are the walking tours like? Because, I mean, those are long. So do you end up getting into really deep conversations with people on the tours? No, not, I mean, occasionally. Uh, but usually it's just kind of touch-and-go convo. Uh, so the walking tours are about an hour and a half, give or take. And um, once, you know, everybody's gathered there at Everman Park, I basically, <clears throat> howdy folks, I'm Plum Tickled. Y'all could join us on today's downtown Abilene walking tour. The name's Gus McDusty, and I'll be guiding you on this here magnificent journey in the storybook capital of Texas. Now on this journey, our hope is that your appreciation for downtown Abilene will deepen as we use the vehicles of knowledge and understanding and mix it in with a ton of fun. Now uh, we'll be highlighting local businesses, creativity that's occurring and history that's done occurred making our city what it is today being i'm a cowboy poet you know what's going to contain some fun with words as i got y'all like hers on this here tour hey. you won't step in any manure but you will step into the past and the rush of the present and remember that 10 percent all proceeds go to blessing the local peasants so local peasants local peasants i say that i use quotation quotation marks because i don't want that to be a derogatory term but um, man, it starts off like that, and then I touch on the history of the park uh, where it starts in, um, and then we go into a poem about Monk's Coffee Shop um, that's kind of fun but informative, uh, lighthearted, uh, that highlights their atmosphere, their product, and then the same thing um, at Bogey's Sandwich Shop, and then I go around the corner, and there's the, the two different artists painted wings on the side of the building that you could stand in front Beautiful. of. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, Kalina Mache and then Jose Muniz. And so I allow people, if they want to stand in front of those, because, again, I want the tour to touch on artists around, like whether it's the murals going up around town or the museums or whatever. 
So yeah, it does that. And then we just highlight local businesses with, uh, or I highlight local businesses with those fun poems, informative. And uh, then I touch on history throughout the tour. And then I weave jokes in. Um, did I tell you some of the jokes the other night? I guess I probably did. No, I don't think so. I, 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 I don't remember. Feel free to unload them now. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, uh, will, will we tell them at like specific stops along the journey? I, I try to. Like, yeah. for instance, by Vagabond's Pizza, I'm like, have you heard the one about pizza? Never uh, mind, it's too cheesy. And, um, <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then, um, yeah, it's funny because the the joke kind of works back on itself because it is such a cheesy joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> then there's like we go around the corner, more businesses with poems. I highlight history. I'm getting to know people a little bit, um, but I really encourage people to get to know each other. Um, you know, uh, I love community. And so sometimes they're locals, sometimes there's visitors, sometimes it's a mesh of both. And it's never a huge group because the tour is still growing. It's still a baby. Um, but I really love to see people talk. And then I'm so focused um, on like memorizing my poems and getting the history that I don't get to engage too much. But the more I get to know my history and the poetry memorized, then I can relax and actually talk with people because otherwise I'm kind of focused on offering a good product. Right. Um, but yeah, so I touch on some murals, again, history, uh, some more jokes. Um, I think one of my favorite jokes is once we cross the buffalo sculpture outside of Frontier, Texas, it's um, what did the mother buffalo say to her son as she's sending him off to college? Yeah, what? Bison. Oh, Bison. Yeah. That's, that, people love that one. And then there's like, you know, um, why did the bow-legged cowboy get kicked off, uh, get fired from the ranch? Right. The bow-legged cowboy. Because he couldn't get his calves together. Hey, I mean, calves on his legs. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. And so, so it's just... It's good, man. So the, tour, the walking tour itself, um, it, it contains the poetry. It contains history, the jokes, and then some conversation. And then I'm, I'm tying in other creativity aspects as well. Um, but it, yeah. And then the sculptures around Abilene also. It's an, it's an hour and a half of words, right? Um, there is like it's, I'm, I'm thinking it's a lot to memorize um, a lot there, to focus on yeah there's nine poems I think written about businesses and then there's history but there's also time just to walk you know just, right. just to walk and, and so there are moments of silence um, and the reason why I've incorporated jokes was to kind of fill the dead space um, so there's certain spots where it's kind of a long stretch so I'll slide in some jokes Cool, man. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So did you come up with this? I think we talked about that. How did you come up with it? Like, what was the point at which you actually wanted to do a walking tour of downtown Abilene as a po as a cowboy? Yeah. Um, well, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Farmer Josh kind of gave me the idea. I do what are called love love bombs, which are um, poetic telegrams on steroids. And so, for instance, Bubblebeard, the super poet, that's where I wear a turquoise unitard with yellow spats, yellow undies, yellow gloves, uh, yellow cape, glasses, and um, those are called love bombs. If you wanted to hire me for one of your friends on their birthdays, you would let me know things you deeply appreciate about their heart, uh, golden qualities they possess, but also inside jokes that y'all share, um, but quirky habits that person has. And I would write this into a poem like on parchment paper and to look like a scroll. 
and you would let me know where this person is. I would sneak up on them at their office or whatever, and yeah. this is that voice. Have no fear, Bubblebeard, the super poet is here to bring smile and good cheer to you there. And scare the crap out of them, maybe, but... Dude, your voices are amazing. Thanks, brother. They're crazy. And, um... I got one that's kind of like this, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of <laughs> like this. <laughs> and um, but do you have like all these? Is like, how do you create one of these characters? Like, how do you create I, one? I don't know. I I don't know. Because um, man, you're you've got this super chill persona, and then you've got these like crazy characters that you've like like sculpted and like put voices to. Man, like really colorful characters. Thanks, bro. Um, I I don't know. I, I I'm sure it's I mean, you know all the the movies growing up and just different inspiration, whatever. Uh, my brother has probably been like the theatrical influence on me, and I I just tap into my memory banks probably from different characters, and I, I actually I think. Um, the one I just did is kind of like this. You know what I'm saying? I think that was from when I partied. And there was one night when I was hanging around my friend Lacey. And she's a character too. You know what I'm saying? And so we was just talking. And then we started saying, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then I just kept on with other words like I'm talking right now. But it started off just saying, oh my goodness. <laughs> just like that. That sounds like that one like giant dude at the party. Yeah, yeah. That one of those <clears throat> huge dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with gold teeth. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, gold chains. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, and, um, but yeah, so uh, I do those things uh, called love bombs. And Farmer Josh was working at Love and Care Ministries at the time. And he asked me to do a cowboy poet love bomb on a poverty stricken brother for his birthday. And so I found out as much cowboy stuff as I could. I didn't have the chaps then or the vest. But uh, so I wrote, um, his name was Jackie Utley. He's no longer with us. He's um, deceased. Uh, rest in peace, Jackie. Um, but Josh gave me information, maybe a couple other people. I snuck, on, snuck up on him at the, um, the Love and Care and dropped a love bomb. And I think slash hope it really touched his heart. Um, and so I, I say thank you to Josh for allowing me to do that. And then uh, riding my bicycle to Oregon, I stopped in San Francisco and went on um, a tour of a guy playing a ukulele around San Francisco. <clears throat> so that planted the seed for the walking tour idea. But I was up here doing a massage one day. A lot of times ideas come to me when I'm doing massage and in that state of kind of just relaxation. Um, and I thought, I want to do a downtown Albany walking tour as a cowboy poet. And so I kind of kept the idea hidden for about a year or so. But I love downtown Abilene. Um, I love local business. I History was not my strength, but now I'm really starting to respect and appreciate and enjoy history as I learn it about Abilene. Um, I love the creativity that's occurring in downtown Abilene, the murals, the museums, the sculptures. Um, and so all those factors combined, it's been an honor to create this product for locals, for visitors, um, that I hope informs them, but entertains them, entertains them as well. Um, a lot of the local, or a couple of the local businesses provide samples of their food, so that adds a certain richness to it. And um, I don't know, I, Abilene used to get a bad rap for being a boring town when I was uh, 
uh, in high school. And I remember one night, I hate to say it, but we were partying and driving down uh, North First. And I was probably about 17 or 18. And um, right here on First in Cyprus. And my friends were dogging Abilene. And in my mind, I was thinking, but the money's going to get younger and it's going to change. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, yeah. and I was now... I'm proud of myself for having that thought because I never gave myself credit back in the day. That's why I didn't have the courage to say that to my friends. I'm smarter than I think. Um, not to say that I'm super intelligent, but again, I used to struggle with self-esteem. And so I'm proud of myself for having that little thought in the back seat, just thinking, but the money's going to get younger. It's going to change. And it's happening, man. And to be a small part of that and to be down here doing massage therapy doing these tours and to watching, you know, just Abilene kind of evolve into a more fun, enjoyable place. Um, part of that is the local businesses that provide that provide individuality. Vagabonds Pizza, McKay's Bakery, Monk's Coffee Shop, McKay's. I already said that. Um, and Lone Star Dry Goods and just... Uh, There's kind of a tourist thing here. Like they've got the... the What's the uh, Frontier, Texas? They've got like the zoo. They've got a, a few things. I've actually seen a few tourists in here, which yeah. is weird. Yeah, like it, it sounds crazy, but um, like the Abilene Visitors Bureau has been a huge um, partner with me. Um, their focus is bringing in tourists, like with the Nickel, um, where they have the CAF Festival, Children's Art and Literacy Festival every summer. Yeah. Like thousands of people come for that. I thought you were talking about like a festival for, for cats. I was like, no, we have not like, yet. I mean, the next, the next, yes, calf, not cat, but okay. the next art walk is about dogs. Wow, that's going to be crazy. Because of yeah. the dog days of summer, because it's so hot. Wow. But man, it's dog It just themed. keeps getting punnier, man. Like, it does. I wrote deeper. a poem about dogs. It's not yeah. the best. I've got it, but I don't, you know. Um, it's a deep poem. Do you, want, do you want me to share it? Or? Dude, bring it. Okay, let me grab that in one second. Yeah. Bro, I don't know what you're going to share and what you don't. So, uh, audience, I just want to let you know that this is not my best work. And this is more for fun, uh, for Art Walk that is dog-themed for the dog days of summer. For any of you who have never experienced Texas in the summer, Dog on it, it's hard. <clears throat> okay. Maltese Shih Tzus, Poodles, and Great Danes. We teach them tricks, give them names, and play games. They give us licks, companionship, and quickly surpass us in age. Men pins, cocker spaniels, and pit bulls. They pull on leashes, we clean up their feces. There are so many species. It's the neatest when their doggy eyes are the sweetest, and we give them treats as chihuahuas, boxers, and huskies. Dawn to dusk, we take them walking or running. They make us talk kind of funny. Uh, we rub their tummies, and they protect us from people trying to take our money. German shepherds, Dovermans, and Collies, they forgive our follies, chew up dollies, and make us jolly. Polly wants a cracker, but dogs want meat and bones and snacks that hopefully aren't too manufactured. Thanks, man. Again, that's not my best, but... soundbite i think that was it that was the bark nice. yeah so are you doing like so you got like a whole stack of poems you're doing on that tour 
yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Like one for each business or something? Or? Yeah. Um, I've got one for Monk's Coffee Shop, uh, Bogey's Deli. What's the, what's the Bogey's one? The bo- you want to hear that one? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Y'all put out your stogies and welcome to Bogey's, where you step into the past and into a cast of burgers and sandwiches served on marble rice, sourdough, and hoagie rolls. Sandwiches such as the... Uh, Key Largo or the Oklahoma Kid with chopped chicken breasts, avocado slices, Monterey Jack cheese. It'll be looking so pretty you won't want to close your eyelids. Or how about a ballad of valid salad such as the Casablanca African Queen or across the Pacific with a zingy Italian dressing, uh, shrimp, and pasta. It'll sure be a terrific blessing. You may even walk out dancing, singing. That's the best thing you had in a while. Whatever you choose, whether you come in ones or twos, be sure to dial into the Humphrey Bogart sandwich art, dudes and dudettes. Sounds just like Bogey. Does it? No. No, it wasn't no. supposed to sound like Bogey. It was it's supposed to sound like Gus. Or yeah. Dusty McGusty. Just kidding. Gus McGusty. Or it's, yeah. The voice is Dusty enough, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so Bogey's... Uh, Vagabond's Pizza, Under One Roof, slash Haley Joe on the go, who's inside there. Um, Casa Authentique, Lone Star Dry Goods, and King Barber, um, uh, Frontier, Texas. Oh, I just signed up another one for um, the um, uh, Farmer's Market, so someone that provides oh, cool. a, a grass-fed, free-range beef. Nice. And, uh, and yeah, Frontier, Texas, and then uh, the Grace Museum. I read one. I don't have it memorized yet. And then Cypress Street Station and uh, McKay's Bakery. So I don't know how many that is, but it's been really cool. Um, Everybody, well, most people have been pretty excited about the tour, um, pretty supportive and and patient as well. I think it's going to be a slow developing product. Um, but it's been cool to kind of network with different businesses owners down here and then uh, learning the history again that's been um, it's been challenging um, to kind of uh, to learn a bunch and memorize it but it's allowed me to see Abilene in a different light sometimes literally as weird as that sounds <clears throat> I believe that I mean from different angles and such yeah different perspective <clears throat> and so what's the what's the coin that is the wooden nickel, even though it's for ten percent off, uh, like monks and vagabonds, and other other uh, places on the tour. But this is just uh, it's got the um, downtown walking tour logo done by Byron Long, um, and so it's just kind of a cool memento. Uh, I want to say a lot of people probably just kind of keep them, but some people have actually been using them uh, to get ten percent off their coffee or or whatever. So it works at all those businesses. Not all of them, um, but a certain select few. That's cool, man. Mm-hmm. That's like a real, it's like an actual value. Yeah, it was cool. Like, cool. I, like I went into Monk's Coffee Shop today and got myself a little beverage, and the manager's like, "Oh, I need to go upstairs and give you some of your token, your your nickels back." And I was like, "Man, it's just cool to see it all working." No kidding, out. man. Yeah, it's That's cool. It's been fun, man. <clears throat> so how do you spread the word? I mean, I saw like a, I think I saw like a little sign that you put up. Next to one of the trees next to Monk's. Yeah. I think I was trying to send you a photo of it, but the text wouldn't send because it was on airplane mode or whatever, but... Okay. I saw it, yeah. Yeah, um, so I've, I've made um, some signs, and I'll just kind of put them at certain spots around town, and I've um, 
had the privilege of having a new story, uh, two new stories ran on me, and then uh, the Abilene uh, Reporter newspaper has done a story, and uh, Abilene Visitors Bureau puts me on their webpage and their calendar of events, and I'm eventually going to join the Chamber of Commerce, and then Facebook, I've got a page on Facebook, and so I'll boost posts. Um, I've got my personal page with a um, handful, a decent handful of friends on there, and so I'll share stuff on there. Um, I don't always know how people heard about the tour. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, there hasn't been like a huge flood of people. You know, each tour will have anywhere from two to seven people so far. Um, but those are those are the outlets so far. Uh, I would love to get like in the Abilene Scene magazine or something eventually. But um, yeah, sometimes I'll do like uh, black and white videos of me like downtown, like doing a poem or something and then throw that on Facebook and stuff. So it's like it's, it's actually happening. It's yeah. Really taking off. Yeah. It's 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 cool. It's it's um. It's it's it has stretched me as um, a business owner, as an artist, as um, a historian, which I'm not, but um, and it's also stretched me as a minister, if you will, because I want. 10% of the proceeds to go to the homeless population downtown, um, whether that's just getting them some cold watermelon. But I, like I was saying earlier, I want to be able to learn how to give them jobs. So I bought a, a, a push broom, a, con, a commercial push broom, a dustpan, a broom. Um, but I, I don't know exactly what it looks like, so I feel like the Lord... Um, allowed me to join up with this nonprofit at perfect timing because that's their specialty. And so I feel like hopefully we can work together or if I can at least learn some things from them as far as legalities and, and ways to do that properly. Abilene's <clears throat> really on top of the homeless thing. They are, like, man. Love and care. Mm -hmm. Love and care, right? Yeah, love and care. Yeah, and they have their, are they still running the, the house of prayer there? Uh, I, think, I think so. I don't know for yeah. sure, but I think so. so I, th I think they were trying to do 24-hour for, oh, cool. for a while, nice. a couple of years ago. Nice. Yeah, I remember that. That's cool. But they do a lot of stuff, and I know, I mean, Farmer Josh, he's dropping stuff off to ministries mm -hmm. all over the place. Yeah. It's his heart, you know, mm -hmm. is for being able to drop off food to people. It's like real quality food. Yeah. It's huge. It's, I, I don't want to sound overly spiritual, and that's kind of a, a funny quote, quotation marks around that, with this with this podcast. But I feel like the Lord, um, put Farmer Josh and I on on each other's path. Um, it's kind of a long story, but like we met uh, probably fifteen years ago when he owned a um, stereo store, and I went in and said, "Hey, will you trade massage therapy for a car stereo?" And he's like, "Yeah," and so he gave the massages to his wife and. That's where we met, and then we crossed paths again when I moved back from Austin, um, and he went to the Mission Abilene Church, and that's where I started attending, and that was approximately nine years ago. And I was like, hey, do you remember me? Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, uh, yeah. And um, when I was in Austin right before that, um, still, still partying a little, sitting on my friend's couch, I flipped open the Bible he got for Christmas, and it landed on Isaiah, um, 
think it's 5810, that says, Feed the hungry, help those in trouble. Your light will shine out from the darkness, and your darkness will be as bright as noonday. And I told my buddy, I was like, man, I've, I've got to, I want to move home and, and help the homeless in Abilene. I, it had already been on my heart, but that kind of sealed the deal. And he's like, dude, you can feed the homeless in, in Austin. And I kind of already was on a really, really small level, but something was like, it's time to go home because I had already been like being tugged back this direction. But anyway, long story short, if there is such a thing of that for me, um, yeah, I feel like Josh and I crossed paths for a reason. Um, it's an honor to serve with Josh. Uh, and I used to volunteer at Huggeroot Family Farms a lot, like uh, gardening and stuff. But getting married, my priorities uh, shifted a little bit um, as far as how to spend my time and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, It's a beautiful ministry. Huggeroot is seriously amazing. It was out there mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Um, nice. Beautiful, man. It is. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's good people, and yeah, and they give you a lot of food for volunteering. To yes, throw they that do. Out there. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like I brought that to a yoga class that my friend Melissa does on Monday nights at six thirty at the Firehouse in Buffalo Gap. To plug that. Plug it in. Plug it in. Yeah, man. Firehouse Fitness Go represent. That. That's where I work out. Yeah. Tim Go. Smith, my buddy. Do it, man. I mean, it's. Great yoga class with Melissa, but I brought the whole bag of like veggies there. Nice. And everybody was like, "Oh my god, they gave you like thirty pounds of veggies for volunteering for like four hours." And I was like, "They're good people, man, <laughs> but I can't eat all these onions. It's a hell of a lot of onions, man. Mm. It's crazy. It's a lot of crying, man. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, it, there's something special about Buffalo Gap, um, and to be out there getting dirty in the soil. Um, Farmer Josh, if if y'all are you know if you're working with him, it's usually a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, great conversation. Yeah, and um, yeah, and yeah, you get blessed, and then you help bless others. And like you said, like you highlighted, it's clean food that you know some people some people don't know better, man. They're not educated, <clears throat> and so some of these poverty stricken folks are getting like high-quality, clean, chemical-free food. <clears throat> Don't you see it blows people's minds whenever they start, like in the holistic world or wellness world, once they start eating real food, drinking real water, mm. and they come and see you like a month later, and they're like like totally different people. Mm. It's freaky. Like, Dude. it's crazy, man. Like, I was helping a guy um, with, like, meditation and breath work and stuff like that. He called me literally right after he did it. was like, I haven't felt this good in X amount of years, whatever they were saying. But it's like, just like that, like that pillow says, like, well, that, the name of your business, like, breathe, mm-hmm. you know, drinking real water and eating real food, yeah. you know? Yeah, it, I can tell when I've been eating less quality food, um, I feel sometimes more sluggish, or that my skin grew like an inch of fog, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and my eating habits, as I think I mentioned the other night to you, They've changed a little bit in marriage, um, or maybe a lot of it, but um, but I still try to stay strong with with my fruits and veggies. Um, but I, I I have been eating more processed foods. I'll, I'll confess, and um, and so that makes me get on the elliptical an extra fifteen minutes and stuff. But that's a side note. At Firehouse Fitness Plug. <clears throat> that's right. And they have they've got the tire like they've got the mallets with the tires and yeah. the ropes and they got a, like an infrared sauna. Yes. 
That place is on point, man. Dude, you should do a podcast with Tim Smith. I would love to. Man, you could talk to him about Firehouse Fitness and his passion for revitalization of downtown Abilene. I'm on. Have you seen the Soda District? His uh, no, dude, the outdoor venue of his on the south side downtown. Um, is it just on the south side, like in that kind of warehouse area, kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. It's got the murals on is the it, inside. Is it the mill? No, no, no. It's it's um, it wasn't uh, a boys and girls club like in the forties okay. or don't don't quote me on when, but sure. um, him and his wife bought this old building and they gutted it, including the roof, ceiling, and everything. And so it kept its um, perimeter of brick, uh, the old school. Uh, and so if, although this isn't a square, if it was, um, and this is an outdoor courtyard, it's got a fountain right here. Okay. Dope, dope, dope chandeliers, um, a little garden right here, uh, some murals occasionally, like around, oh, I'm sorry. So the murals right here, and then right here in this corner, is where they live a really modern really cool home and so you enter the outdoor courtyard right here and it's this really big venue that people can rent for weddings for craft fairs for concerts and um and then behind it they just got um, another uh, historical building where it can be for like wedding parties and stuff like that so he's got like this half a block and then he's about to, or he's got this other piece of land right there on first that he's going to be turning into like a brewery and rooftop lounging and stuff. Right, so he's really redoing stuff. He's doing it, and he's really passionate. Like um, some of, um, like I don't know how all the laws work, but some Abilene owns some of the buildings, historic buildings right. south downtown. City owned. They're not getting off of them. Um, some of them they've had for 20 years, and they're becoming dilapidated. And there's investors that want to buy those and do awesome things with them. Right. Um, so Tim is like going to court. He's in the newspaper. He's in the news. He's passionate. He's he wants that stuff. He's like, yeah. come on. And it's not necessarily him that wants it, but he knows these investors that are like, hey, dude, if the, if Abilene would get off that, we would buy it. And, and you know, I don't know Abilene's side. I know that maybe they're storing, like, records in there or something, like, files. But... Um, I think there would, could be a solution for Abilene to store their stuff elsewhere so that we can just keep these buildings alive. And, uh, and then I think it'd be, business. it'd be great for the economy it'd as be well. Amazing, man. Yeah. It'd be huge. Yeah, there is kind of like a, like a strange convergence of like the artistic, especially as in Texas, the real estate prices are so much better than anywhere in the country. So people mm. come down here and like restore stuff or flip warehouses and make them really mm-hmm. cool venues and yeah. you know it's such a hot thing right now is the restoration of like physical structures you know it's a huge deal yeah yeah, yeah. and so <clears throat> there's big momentum building with Abilene and like one little tidbit on the tour what people learn is that well obviously the the railroad had a huge impact on Abilene that's how Abilene gave birth um abilene's birthday is march 15th 1881 and it was when the texas pacific started rolling on its way to california although it never reached there because it joined up with other tracks but um like land was sold on from what i hear it went to the south side north side south side north side 1600 acres um sold and the the rail line had great significance in that um 
but there also used to be, uh, like it wasn't used for only industrial purposes. Uh, there used to be passenger trains. The last passenger train to roll through Abilene was in 1967 with 39 passengers on it. Tim and I both agree that that must have been a sad day. Tim and I both agree that we would love to see Amtrak coming through Abilene. That would be really rare. And so yeah. I'm trying to contact Amtrak. Yeah. Um, I, it may be a shot in the dark. The Visitors Bureau has already tried to contact them a couple years ago, and they said that the, the tracks couldn't maintain um, fast-moving trains um, because of the condition of the tracks. I've been seeing uh, the rail workers working on the tracks. So with my sometimes overly optimistic mind, um, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe, 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 so I'm at least going to send an email to Amtrak and say, hey, Abilene's going through some revitalization, yeah. great momentum's for building. I'm a local business owner. What would it take for Amtrak to come through Abilene and some other West Texas towns if need be? Because I would love to hop on a train and ride from Abilene to no Austin kidding. or Dallas no and go kidding. kick it, yeah. stay a day or two and ride back. Dude, I love Amtrak so much fun. I took a trip from San Antonio to New Orleans one time on the yeah. train it was like seven hours late but it was so much fun and the food is actually really good I've never tried their food other than the snack bar they have those big car, like those big dining cars yeah like with those giant windows it's like I was like how do people not know about the way to travel Ooh. and it's like it's, it was like 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 super cheap it was like not even 70 bucks, not even that much nice. like for a seat to go to New Orleans. Like, there's no, I could have driven there myself and I would have spent mm-hmm. four times a gas, yeah. you know. And, and like when you mentioned the windows, I love sitting in the observation deck because you can sit with yeah. the, your chair facing those big windows, like yeah. big screen televisions. Yeah. It's except you're watching pastures and whatever topography there it is yeah and yeah you can sip on coffee uh other beverages food and meet people or just read or whatever um i really like amtrak and i would love to see it coming through abilene what's cool about the downy car too is they have you sit like kind of one of the rules of the downy car is you sit with other people Okay, cool. I don't know if that was the way it was for you. Man, my budget me. never allowed me to go eat in, in there. I, I just kind of had my snacks. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. Like, they force you, not force, but they kind of get you to the point where you're meeting other people. Oh, cool. It's really, really nice. nice. And there's some cool people, like anything from college kids, people from France who are doing the yeah. whole loop in nice. the U.S. Crazy yeah. stuff, yeah. I wrote it through California. And um, from Oregon to uh, Texas, and there was a certain part of California where it was so cool because, you know, you've been like going on this long stretch out in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden you come to these small towns in California, and school kids are leaving school, and so they'll hop on the train, the Amtrak for a minute, and ride to their next town and get off. And I'm like, that was slow, too. Yeah, like... I mean, I mean, they would, and the train would stop, you know, and they would like right. get on, but that was like their school bus. And that's I was so like, rad, man. I was like, that's cool. That's so cool. And then on this side, you see all the almond trees. Yeah. So. Cali's beautiful. It is, man. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I left a piece of my heart there in uh, Northern California. It feels different over there. I swear, like the air is totally different, mm. you know, and not just in LA where it's like poisonous, but everywhere else mm. where it's beautiful, you know. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Is that, were you coming back for your bike ride? Mm-hmm, yeah. So you, but you stayed at like, like so you biked all the way up to Bend, Oregon. How, mm-hmm. many, how many miles is that? 
Oh gosh, I don't know. Over two thousand. That's a lot. I I didn't. Yeah, that's a lot of tire changes. It was a lot of tire changes. I I kind of took the long way, um, but uh, and I almost like in front of Yosemite. Um, I think the town's called Lee Vining. Um, a snowstorm was blowing in, and so they closed the um, Tioga Pass through Yosemite. Um, this was during the government shutdown in 2013 when there was this tiff going on in the government, and they were like, well, we're going to close some of the roads and the, the parks, whatever, national parks. Anyway, they didn't have anybody to uh, ride, drive the snowplowers, and so the road was closed, and I'm like, well, my plan was to go over Tiago Pass, Yosemite, and go to San Francisco. And so I waited in this tiny town called Levining for like four days, waiting to hear if they were going to open the pass again. I was about to surrender my way to San Francisco, riding up the California coast, and instead go north, like through um, Lake Tahoe, and go straight up to Bend. It would have been a lot shorter trip, but I wanted to, you know, I wanted to see Yosemite because my dad loves Yosemite and he's never been. And I wanted to ride the California coast. In the ocean. In the ocean. Yeah. 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 I saw uh, where one of Alfred Hitchcock's films were shot. The one about the birds. Oh, wow. I know that was shot in Cali. I thought that was shot. Because that movie takes place in the Northeast. I know it was shot down there. That's wow. that's what some people were saying on the beach. I, I could have could have been wrong. town. Yeah. 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 Um... I didn't realize the water was so cold there. It's chilly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People were like, oh, we're going to go surfing. And you know, everybody's got these images. And yeah. Like, all these, you know, long-haired dudes tearing it up on the waves and stuff. It's like, no, I mean, everybody's in a wetsuit. Yes. Yeah. They could wear the chaps and the boots. Yeah. And yeah. The... <laughs> yeah. It's chilly, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. It gets colder. Like, even if you go a few miles up, it's, it somehow gets colder the mm. next town up, you know? In Mon- I remember I went and I, like worked out on the beach in Monterey um, and it was you know we went and learned how to surf in well I'd, I'd gotten another surfing lesson in uh, LA like on the beaches there nice. and I remember my buddy like he I, I was kind of prepared for it and he jumped in the water and of course the water gets in your wetsuit in order to warm your skin Ooh. and he was like like he was freaking out and then it got somehow got even colder by the time we drove a few hours up to Monterey mm. I remember I was throwing rocks out on the beach whatever I was doing and I was like oh I'm gonna go for a swim I dive in head first and jump right out man like, man not today that it's is cold stuff freeze your yeah. blood man like, yeah yeah cold. yeah it reminds me of this is pretty cool. This is just like a conversation being recorded. That's that's kind of cool. Did you um, think I was going to interrogate you? Yeah, I thought it was going to be like questions and stuff like that. But yeah. um, it reminded me the way that conversations break off like rivers. Uh, yeah. This, um, so it, like you jumping in the ocean and being uh, like shocked, remind me of a time when I was moving back from Colorado and uh, driving a big yellow moving van thing with all my stuff in there um coming through new mexico and i came across ojos calientes and uh hot eyes is that the translation of it right i think so yeah 
It's a bizarre name. Yeah, and and I I might have misquoted. Hopefully not, but it was uh, some natural springs like out in the middle of nowhere. Out in the middle of nowhere, I was like, (laughs) and went in there, and they had hot springs and cold springs, and so you could go from like hot and then jump into a freezing one then jump back into the hot and it oh, sounds so good man. yeah it was, we did like make a note of that yeah it was quite nice man wait where was that in, in uh, it was New Mexico I think it's Ojos Calientes New Mexico I definitely need to go to that I'm thinking about whenever I so I'm thinking about taking off out of here in about October okay it's kind of my goal um feel like I'm supposed to travel some more and so I'm thinking about dropping my car off and like taking the Amtrak or doing something or doing like a route you know just yeah. once I kind of got the business up mm-hmm. you know and so I'm able to work on the road it's kind of what I'm thinking but cool. I mean this like those hot springs man mm-hmm. those springs are the real deal yes they really clean you out mm-hmm. yeah yeah invigorating for sure yeah yeah I lived in Colorado and um, I think that's where I got introduced to hot springs and um, definitely special, man. That mountain air, though, makes you strong. You come back down to sea level and it's like, you're like breathing like a super person. Mm. You know, you're able to run like twice as far. Mm. Yeah, after doing, especially after doing trail runs and stuff, you know. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Man, so what... Are you good on time? What time is it? It's about five. Let me see if my lady has uh, harassed me at all. It's a water break. Of too. Dude. I mean, people don't understand, man. These like these ropes, they're super like. They're super strong, but they they don't like bend. You know, like people people look at Toy Story and they're like, because they're meant to wrap around like super mm-hmm. muscular giant horse necks. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I um. Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> this last tour that I did. Um, there was a, a little boy on it and he's like can you use that? And I was like oh boy here we go and um, and so I was like you know I haven't quite learned it yet but uh, let me try and so over by Frontier Texas there was um, this little like light post sticking out of the ground and uh, I was like well let me try that so I got it out, and it's all kind of tangled up now. I'm trying to figure this out here, but um, I got it untangled as so, and just kind of like went like this. And I think I held one in, and I and I won't be able to do it now because I'm just not feeling it. But I just kind of just just did it, and it I nailed it, man. It was like perfect. Um, it wasn't like this, but I was just kind of doing my own flavor. But yeah, um, so did that kid's mind get blown? 
I think he was pretty impressed, man. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, so when I was talking about the cowboy uh, that has the cowboy shop, that cowboy hat shop here in Abilene, 5D Hats, um, a locally owned business where they crease hats, and they were telling me about the history of hats. That's a whole other story. But um, I told him about the tour, and and, uh, and he's like, you need, you need uh, one of those. And it's actually called a lariat. I thought it was called a lasso, but lasso is what you do with it. Yeah. But yeah, he, he gave me that, man. And so um, I've incorporated that. Right now, it's mostly an, an accessory, but I would love to get in the backyard and be able to um, uh, play with that. I would love to get awesome with it. But again, there's a lot of things I want to do, man. So, I mean, you lived on a, like a horse ranch or something, like a cow ranch or something. Really I did. went up. You biked up to Bend and you lived on the ranch for a while, right? Yeah. What was yeah. that like? It was good, man. It was during the winter. Um, so it was, um, you know, the snow has a way of kind of quietening things and slowing things down. But I was basically um, just a ranch hand cleaning up uh, horse poop. So um, it was a great humbling experience. Uh, I was not necessarily afraid of horses before that I had been on a, a horse once uh, for my birthday uh, when I was about 30 and and I really connected with horses on my bike trip like I'd be riding in the middle of a desert or somewhere and just I don't know what noises I would make but I mean you're out in the middle of nowhere so you can make whatever you want whatever noises you want I would be like <laughs> just, and um and then the horses would sometimes start running with me um like they were fenced in but it was beautiful and um, you can be as wild as you want out in the middle of nowhere. And um, But I started building this connection with horses and then working on the horse ranch. Uh, I had a great respect for horses because they would just look so zenned out. They would just be sitting there standing still, kind of the eyes closed and just so calm and just standing there. And it was really soothing and inspiring, as funny as that sounds. But um, I, my, com- my comfort just increased, increased, increased. And I was able to like start petting them and, and even massaging them sometimes. I used to be curious about horse massage. And uh, so that was really cool. Is horse massage a thing? It is, yeah. No way. Yeah, man. Yeah. There's animal massage too. Like, That's wild. Like uh, there's a, uh, a place called Sweet Life. S-U-I-T-E. Sweet Life. It's, um, it's for... It's like dog and cat grooming, whether they can, you can drop your animals off there, but he's interested in having a massage therapist. And so I'm considering going out there. Okay. I mean, there's training for like dog massage and it can be like a thousand bucks or something, wow. but I just think that could be really beautiful, man. Just to, yeah. uh, um, just sit there and m- massage a dog like at home with our little Malti Shih Tzu. That's why I began the poem with Malti Shih Tzus earlier, by the way. Malti Shih Tzus, Poodles and Great Danes, because we have a Malti Shih Tzu. Well, it's almost kind of a comical thing. It's like like animal massage. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. Man. Yeah. I would assume, like, especially for racehorses yeah. and stuff like yeah. that, that's got to be a huge industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah, I'm guessing so. Um, I didn't think of that. Or, uh, you know, my... My friend races her wiener dog. Really? That would be a huge. Oh yeah. Wiener, the that massage. Could be, that could be a fun like yeah. like five minute movie, <laughs> like just kind of a an independent yeah. movie. Just um, yeah. 
with kind of serious tones, but it's all actually humorous. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be a good, like, uh, Seth Rogen. That would be great. Like, funnier Die spoof. Yeah. There is that new movie about dogs with that kind of flavor. Um, the massage twist. No, no massage. No massage. Okay. It's just about dogs. Um, what did Seth Rogen uh, direct? Um, I'm thinking of Wes Anderson. Oh, oh yeah. No, um, Isle of Dogs. Wes Anderson just did Isle of Dogs. That's what I was thinking of. That's okay. the one where, isn't that like in Japan or something? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. and they've got to swim in the ocean of radioactive trash or something. Okay. Yeah, something crazy. I want to see that. Yeah, but it's the usual cast of characters with um, Edward Norton and Owen yeah. Wilson and all yeah. those guys. They've been doing that stuff for like oh. a long time, man. Like I just watched uh, Grand Budapest Hotel for like the fifth time okay. with my dad. And it blew his mind. But those guys, that cast, like the director, the maybe the producer, I don't know, but the actors have been working on the same stuff, yeah. like Moonrise Kingdom, yep. like all that chronology of stuff. So they already have that kind of familiarity with one another. And yeah, yeah I, 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 like, I like his work. I love Edward Norton, man. Yeah. The guy's one of my favorites. He did a movie called Leaves of Grass. Okay. Where he, which is the title of a Walt Whitman writing okay but it's in the little ozarks in oklahoma and he plays two he plays a set of twin brothers and one of them is this like real straight guy you know who's got like a straight job and everything the other one stayed and they're both from the little ozarks in oklahoma super redneck and one of them is like a dope dealer no he's like a hydroponic grower (laughs) in the little ozarks and so he's like this crazy character like edward norton like unleashed Wow, humor ninja, and then the other guy like loses his job and or something, something like that. He get like gets called back to Little Ozarks by the other twin because of like a death in the family, but the brother just wanted the other brother back in town, and so they mess with him. That's mm. crazy. What's it called again? Uh, Leaves of Grass. Leaves of Grass. Yeah, it's really okay. good. Yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. All right, dude. Well, I got Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at six, so nice. I got to prep that out. Impressive. Thank. It's my first first lesson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's intense, man. It's at that zombie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu place. The one over by Record Guys, like across the street, and like Mezzanine oh, is like yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why is it called zombie? Is that just? Is it actually called zombie? After a workout, man. Uh, I have no idea. Okay. Probably because you you get locked into a, a lock you can't move and so you're like a zombie. Yeah. yeah, I had a guy show me Brazilian Jitsu once and I was very impressed, man. Much respect. Thank you, man. Yeah, I am a, literally my first one. So cool. Yeah. Well, I love I love uh, the discipline and and other elements of martial arts, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm. I'm we can probably talk for like two more hours or something yeah. like that. But well, thanks for having me. Hopefully yeah. you got some decent footage, man. Appreciate, appreciate you being on. Yeah. Appreciate your time, man. Yeah, brother. Stories. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we'll have to have... I gotta have Forrest on here for sure. And then... Yeah. If, if you want to have Tim Smith, man, um, like, I can give you his number or something. I just, love just that, say, Just say you're a new friend of Trevor's and yeah. you do podcasts and you'd love to have... You'd love to do a show on I'm down for cool. sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah. cool. Well, man, you have a good one. You too. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. 
So I really enjoyed talking to Trevor. He's a really great guy. Um, I actually met him at, I don't know if y'all remember the episode with Huggeroot with Josh Casey from Huggeroot, but I actually met Trevor at one of the cookouts that Josh does with Huggeroot. It's kind of like a community get together at the farm out in Buffalo Gap. So we're sitting there eating grilled veggies and stuff and we started talking about life and everything. And he was telling me about all this stuff. And I was like, man, I got to have you on the podcast. You know, your story sounds amazing. So hope you enjoyed that. But, uh, I'm thinking about doing a, like an ending sign off kind of a wellness tip or something like that. Um, I've been doing these on Instagram where I'll make like a, a photo little zine book or something like that, you know, just like a bunch of different photos outlining something cool to do, you know, like how to make a really good raw meal or how to develop a morning routine or something like that. So I think I'll start implementing those. I've been thinking about that a lot, but I think I'll start bringing those into like the sign off portions of the podcast. So it's like an incentive to stick around for the end of it. Of course you can always skip through, but you know, you don't want to be one of those guys. But again, the best way to support this podcast or any podcast really is to review, rate, and subscribe on iTunes. So five stars all the way and leave a solid, um, well, subscribe, you know, so five star review, five star rating and subscribe. And that really helps kind of boost the ratings on the iTunes charts. It helps this podcast get noticed by more people and it's just really encouraging for me to let me know that I'm doing the right thing and of course leave comments feedback um, let me know what you guys think and what y'all enjoyed what y'all didn't and really appreciate y'all listening so talk to y'all probably next week enjoy enjoy